Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code Modern Cowboy at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Today's episode is also brought to you by G Site Solutions. G Site Solutions is the number one dry fire laser training system. With the best variety of targets from tactical to game strategy, you download and activate the free app to your iPhone or Android. The Elms Plus laser cartridge is the only laser cartridge in the world with replaceable rubber strike pads. This allows you unlimited shots. You can work on your trigger press, your sight picture, your grip, your stance, and your breathing, all in the comfort of your own home while tracking how your accuracy improves. Look, repetition is the mother of skill. And as a former hunter education instructor and certified NRA pistol and range safety officer, I know the importance of consistent training to stay proficient and safe. G-Site Solutions Dry Fire Laser Training System does just that without going to the range and using up expensive ammunition. Head over to g-site.com and check out all their available products. And tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. Uh, you know, I've I've seen him on on social media. That's kind of where where I, I found out about him. Uh, and the, I, I don't know a lot about him yet, but we're going to find out today. But the one thing he's on his like on his Instagram feed and and uh, all the pictures and things they post. Uh, I mean, they're like Hollywood model quality. Uh, just super, super cool. Um, and then top it off, obviously, you know, he's got the, uh, you know, Hollywood good looks and, and fit and all that too. So, you know, that, that makes me mad, but no, but, uh, uh, anyway, man, uh, it's, I, I know there's a good story behind uh, how he started his ranch. Uh, so we're going to let him tell us all about it. And I'm going to try not to butcher his name. Cause we discussed it before we started recording. Um, Josh Cerdello. 
Yep, Shardulo. Yep. Shardulo. Shard- okay, Josh Shardulo, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, yeah, so so you know we we've well we talked a little bit uh, and we we've, we've DM'd and stuff. Um, I know a little bit about your story, uh, but you guys live in Colorado, right? Correct. And uh, you guys have a a ranch there. We do. We have a, a property. Our home property is about thirty three acres. Okay, and then. Um, just take us through how how you you know ended up with a, a, you know being on a ranch and how you got into this lifestyle and uh, kind of go from there. Sure, sure. Um, you know, my wife and I uh, we didn't have a real background in, in uh, farming or ranching at all, and just kind of wanted to get out of the city and, and you know get a little bit of property and you know move out where life was a little slower. And uh, we did that back in 2016, and she was kind of hesitant, you know, wondering what we were going to do with the property. And, you know, after a few years of just cutting the hay and, and sharecropping it, I, I got a wild idea that I wanted to throw some steers on there and raise my own beef because we always eat, uh, you know, organic and pasture raised and pretty healthy. And the idea of just knowing exactly what went into that animal and how it was cared for at every step of the way, uh, that appealed to me. So, you know, we had bought a couple of head and, and, uh, everybody loved the meat and we kind of grew from there. I think we had nine the second year. So, you know, basically tripled what we were doing and it was still just kind of a hobby for us. And then, uh, I'd been a paramedic firefighter for 16 years outside of Denver and, uh, you know, had a, had a neck injury, wound up having to retire early. And I just, I really couldn't see myself doing anything. Um, you know, nine to five Monday through Friday. I, I just, that's never been my style. So, um, I just, I wanted to take the ranch full time and kind of, you know, go all in on that. And that's, that's what we did. We, we found a property, at least a few thousand acres and bought uh, 30 head or so. And, and now we, you know, we run anywhere between 35 and 40 head year round and uh, added the addition of, of lamb. So we do grass fed beef and lamb and we focus on direct to consumer sales and we sell in bulk. So, you know, people can sign up, get their quarter or half, you know, whatever they want. And, and uh, we love it. We love the connections we make with our customers. I love sharing recipes and seeing people post our food. And, you know, it's just, it's been a blessing. It really has. Yeah. So, uh, so what's the smallest amount people can order from you? Do you, do you do the, you know, like the certain different cuts and stuff and that kind of stuff, or is it more like getting a, like a half side of beef or something like that? You're getting, you're getting the whole thing and it's a quarter is the smallest that we go. We tried to, not many of the processing uh, plants will, will break it down to an eighth. It's just more labor intensive. Gotcha. So they'll only do a quarter. And inevitably, if I try to take a quarter and split it, uh, you wind up with some stuff like a you know brisket, for example. You, know, you can't really split that into an eighth because it's, it's already a half of one brisket. So right. you, know, you, you wind up losing a little bit. We tried that for a while, but... Uh, and it's nice because it gets it to a lower price point and, and for people that don't go through a lot of meat. But, you know, I just uh, can't keep up with it with all the processing changes and the issues with the USDA uh, processing plants. And COVID really threw a curveball in there with that and timing and just availability of scheduling and this and that. So quarter is the short answer there. And you're going to get all the cuts. You get, you know, different different uh, the steaks. All the steaks are in their fillets. Um, you know, you have ribeyes, sirloin. Uh, then you have your strips and, you know, all the roasts, different cuts of roast and burger. So it's all there. Yeah, beautiful. So now, are, are you still a paramedic and firefighter? Or? Uh, you know, I don't know if officially my certifications have expired. I haven't been keeping up on any of the, uh, the re- required uh, education to renew those every three years through the state. And I'm fine with it. You know, paramedic school was a, a pain going through it. It's kind of a shame to let that go. But, um, 
when I retired, it was a disability retirement. So I can't go back to doing anything under that same job description. So I wouldn't really use it. And to be honest, I just, it's, it's a good thing to move on. I think once, once, uh, you get to a point where you have a change in careers, you know, just move on, try something different. So, you know, kind of don't look back. So I just let that stuff lapse. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I was a yeah. chiropr- I was a chiropractor for many years and, uh, oh, okay. you know, going to, going to chiropractic college and getting out, you think, Oh, you know, I'm going to be doing this forever. And then right. you realize that your attention deficit order is much, <laughs> much greater than you even realize. And, uh, it's like, um, I'm, I'm done, but, uh, right. yeah, I can relate well, good to that. For you. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we talked the other day a little bit because I've been dealing with some, some injuries and stuff. And, and, uh, you mentioned a little bit about being injured. Did you have a, uh, on the job injury? Is that, is that what happened? Yeah. You know, when I first start, started having trouble with the, the neck, I was at work. And so I don't, I don't really know what happened. You know, it was nothing right. crazy. Like I had a ladder fall on me or I fell through a burning uh, <laughs> building through a floor or something, you know, nothing that, like that crazy, but, uh, I just wound up blowing a disc in my neck and, and, yeah. uh, it's, it's more chronic wear and tear. I think that just kind of over time from wearing the equipment and doing the job, it wore it down. Cause right. man, that that's the most pain I've ever been in. And, um, tried to do the stem cells, tried to do the platelets dealt with it for, I think four or five years just, you know, but then you come back to work and just something happens yeah. again and you wind up having to go back through that whole deal, yeah. you know, chiropractic, PT, needling, all that fun stuff. So it was just, uh, it was turning into a vicious cycle right. and wearing me down pretty quick. So I knew it was time. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to make it to retirement age. <laughs> right. Right. I got you. So. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so familiar with that industry because I worked in it, almost exclusively in the later years in practice in, in the workers' compensation field, treating injured oh, workers yeah. and examining yep. uh, injured workers. I was a qualified medical evaluator. And so I've, I mean, I've, I've seen that and it's, it's, it, it's a tough deal, but you know, obviously things have worked out good for you because you transitioned into this new, this new lifestyle, which is super cool. Um, now, is this all you guys do? Uh, is this all you do for your business now is, is your, your beef business or. Yeah, that's all I do. My wife's a full-time teacher. Okay. And uh, my son's a sophomore in high school. So, you know, they're both occupied doing their thing. My wife would love to do this full time. Uh, right. It's just kind of not in the cards yet. The business hasn't grown to that point to kind of make up for her income, but it, it's, it's, it keeps me busy. And, yeah. um, you know, I kind of set it up to where I don't have to do a whole lot, you know, kind of right. work smarter, not harder kind of deal. So it works right. out. It works out. Keeps me, keeps me out of trouble. We'll say that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You know, and, and, um, so getting, getting to your, you know, your marketing and your, and your, uh, you know, like your social media and stuff, were you, were you ever into modeling before you guys, your family? I mean, cause you guys, <laughs> I mean, you guys have this like picture perfect, uh, you know, family and you guys are all so handsome and beautiful and, and the, and the photographs are great. Do you have a, uh, special photographer that takes all of them for you or. Well, appreciate the kind words. Um, I, I did modeling very early on when I was, you know, maybe 13, 14 years old for a brief period. I think my mom was trying to get my younger sister signed up and they had enough um, blonde hair uh, girls of that age. So they were wanting me to do it. So I did it briefly. I didn't really enjoy it and, and sort of hated getting my photo taken ever since. But right. um, no, we do, we'll work with anybody um, as far as photography goes. Um, that started, you know, basically Facebook was a good free way to advertise meat. Right. And so we'd put some posts out on Facebook and I had never done Instagram. So I kind of got into the Instagram. And if you look back at our early posts, I mean, they were just, uh, I was taking stuff with a camera phone and then I started to take a little bit better photography with the phone and then, you know, needed 
needed to work with some people that could take the pictures because you can't take you know selfies all the time so i was right. just trying to just more, more in, into the content creation it was exciting it was fun to do and uh one of our biggest passions beside bringing quality meat to the table and taking care of the animals is just keeping that lifestyle um alive because right. as you know <laughs> there's there's not many farmers and ranchers uh starting off right now you know they're all old timers and it's it's a uh, cost prohibitive to get into the business so you just see all these farms and ranches disappear and become subdivisions and so it just started as, as fun just and it took off and so we just, you know, it evolved from there. We just wanted to keep creating content and having fun with it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to, to your point about, you know, the, the big ranches are, you know, fading away and dying out. There are a lot of small uh, operations like yourself that are, you know, able to raise high quality you know, right. beef and like lamb or, or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe that's the way of the future too, though, you know, with smaller operations and, and, you know, you really know, um, you know, how that beef was raised and where it came from. And, you know, it's just the people can almost have a relationship with the producer, you know, where, right. where, you know, mass produced beef, you know, that, you know, go to the big, huge, you know, stockyards and all that, that that's, you know, that may be something that's coming to an end of an era, you know, who knows? I don't know, but, uh, right. I, I would hope so, but, um, I, I really doubt it. I, I think that it's going to, be more and more prevalent because like I said, there's the population's increasing, right. You know, there's, there's no, there's no more land being made for ranches and, and right. farms. So out of necessity, I, I think it's just, it's just going to be there. You know, you don't have all that acreage to graze and, and, and do the rotational stuff like we do, but um, you know, it, it is what it is. I try not to engage in that debate of, you know, grain fed versus grass. Right. No, I hear you. Versus, but you know, I always say, Hey, look at the animal. When you look at it, our animals, they're running around in the national forest in the summer and running right. around on open pastures. I mean, they look, I'd rather be that steer <laughs> than, right. than one in a feedlot. So we'll see, you know, I encourage people to just support local, you know, right, Whether, right. If, if you want grass, that's a different, uh, you know, market entirely, but just try to support local and try to support that little guy because we need more of the little guys in the game yeah um, it's just it's going to disappear if not yeah now were you raised in ranching or farming at all Did your family have any history of it or no absolutely not you know my wife and i uh we were trying to think you know like my my great-grandparents who i i didn't know they had a farm out in nebraska and uh you know my mom remembers going to visit them over the summers and you know if you wanted chicken for dinner she'd catch the chicken and whack the head off and pluck the feathers and you had chicken uh, but as far as my grandparents my parents her, her parents and grandparents nobody did it um i learned <laughs> basically from you know youtube and reading books and just uh trying to figure it out for myself and then had a few mentors that, that were ranchers nearby uh you know, in town and, and connected with them and just able to bounce ideas and, and thoughts off of them. And you just go from there. I mean, the web is a huge tool. I think anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I read something the other day where if, if you're um, ignorant in this day and age, it's, it's basically your own fault because all the information's out there to, to learn about whatever you want, if you're willing to. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So, but did you have a fascination with cowboy lifestyle or, you know, the Western lifestyle or anything before? Um, because, I mean, you've got such a great, you know, theme through your social media and your marketing and stuff uh, with, you know, just the iconic cowboy rancher, uh, Western guy, uh, you know, lever action guns, single action pistols and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I, th I think, you know, in, any young man, any boy probably has those cowboy dreams growing up. And, and uh, you know, our, our immediate family, aunts and uncles and such, we all used to go to uh, dude ranches every year. Um, okay. You know, they, they'd pick a dude ranch and we'd go and, you know, spend the week there or whatever. So I did that growing up. But no, I really didn't have that on my radar at all until I started ranching and then uh you know just through through learning everything i can you know start to read a lot of the books um you know the nonfiction books in the you know late 1800s early 1900s about right. the big cattle boom and all that and just uh, you know I, i'm one of those guys that if i'm going to do something i'm going to i'm going to go all in so i've been you know i take i take riding lessons roping lessons i mean anything that i can do that um is is needed in the cowboy toolbox. I mean, I want to learn. Thankfully, the, the paramedic training comes in handy when, you know, we're lambing or yeah. calving or you yeah. have a sick animal or, you know, there's an emergency along those lines. But as far as just the, the look, it's like I said, it's more for fun. You know, I mean, the, the cowboy outfit, I mean, that's a that's a uniform. That's what you wear when you go to work. And a lot of it serves a purpose. So from the chaps and the chaps and chinks and, the, you know, cowboy hat and all that stuff, it's, it's for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not not all for show, but definitely when we do those photos, it's fun because that's the goal there is to create almost, you know, art, just get it out there, have fun with it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's that's so important. Uh, I mean, in, in marketing, I mean, we, we know that. I mean, I, I know from just doing posts and, and things that people respond to and things people don't respond to. It's right. the most important stuff that I, I can put out there, you know, it's like, well, nobody really even right. cares. You know what I mean? Right. But then you get the right picture and, you know we as a people, we lose our mind over it. So yep. it's, you know, that's, that's just part of the game in terms of like doing marketing and getting exposure and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah we just try to bring people, you know, to that lifestyle, you know, we, we do a lot of lives, um, you know, we try to bring people out there and just, you know, let them watch it firsthand. And then, uh, you know, just try to create some good content through photography and videography and just having some fun. Right. And, and what, what's your guys' uh, website? Do you guys have a website for people? Yeah, it's, it, yep. It's the last name and then uh, the ranch. So shardulloranch.com. Which is, and I can shoot you over a link. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put a link in the, in the show notes. Okay. Um, but, and that's, you can order, you can order right from your, your website. Yes, sir. Yeah, you get on there and select uh, the amount that you want and uh, place the deposit. And then, you know, we keep people up to date as when the next harvest will be. So right now we're, we won't be harvesting again until October. And then that'll be it for this year. And then probably not again until next October. So gotcha. Gotcha. And then and how long have you been have you been selling that way direct to consumer? Uh, well, it started direct to consumer, really, because the first three I bought, <laughs> my wife was like, why are we buying three? I said, well, they're herd animals. I can't just, can't just have one, you know? Right, so, right. so uh, I went to work and told the guys at the firehouse, like, you guys got to help me out. Like, you know, I'm going to need to sell some of this beef. <laughs> I uh, kind of got it over my head. So they did. And so it started right from that, just direct to consumer. And, uh, and I think that's easier when you start selling by the cut, everything has to go through a USDA facility. Gotcha. Um, you know, most people are going to want the ribeyes and the tenderloins and the, you know, uh, strips and stuff stuff and then you wind up having a freezer full of uh you know roasts but then you, you have to store that stuff you have to ship that stuff it's just right. a lot more logistics moving so i prefer to just bam here's your quarter beef right you know stock your freezer and you get your provisions for the year yeah very cool yeah um, and so when, when you ship that and, and i know uh, you know i've got a lot of stuff through the mail you you pack and dry ice right we don't ship so oh, so just because of the the it's so cost prohibitive we're oh, hyper yeah we're, we're hyper local here pretty pretty much denver north i mean we've delivered south of denver you know gotcha. uh, but with gas prices going up we're probably gonna oh. have to start charging for delivery but uh, yeah 
and, and then it and then it gets into the liability like i don't like to ship far or, or deliver far because you have to keep it cold you know right. you're picking it up frozen i don't have a refrigerated truck so there's a lot of those things that you know as you build as a small business you know how that goes you just yeah. acquire things little by little but it's much much safer to just have people pick it up with their cooler directly from the processor and then kind of take yourself out of that liability loophole Gotcha. Okay, so you sell everything then right there locally, which is kind yes, of like what, kind of like what you said at the beginning. Uh, you know, uh, buy local and and you're producing it local there. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that makes a lot of sense. So um, is there a is there a cap where you see that or or a threshold? I mean, you've been doing this since 2016. Um, of of the number of animals you need to have to really to to make it, you know. Where like say you know it's just it's just your main source of income you know is there do you have right. a, do you have a target for that or I mean is you know thirty something head right now uh, you know enough or I mean what do you, what do you see in the future? Well, it, to be honest, I'm probably not the best businessman when it comes to that kind of stuff because I, I try not to focus on on the money. I try to focus on just you know. Uh, taking care of the animals and, and providing a service and kind of let it grow organically. Right. The number, the number of head is sort of um, it's capped by the property and what it can hold for us to graze responsibly. So we partner a lot with the NRCS, the national resource conservation service, and we've received almost half a million dollars in grant money through those guys. And that's helped us with rotational grazing and such. But uh, part of that is they look at your soils and the rainfall and what kind of forage you have available. And then they can tell you, you know, 12 months a year in this area, you can have this many animals without overgrazing because we're in a drought here. I mean, right. I'm sure you guys are too, but it's predicted to get worse. So you know, it's not like if business is good, I just double and I'm running 60 head, 80 head. Um, it doesn't work like that because we'd be taken away from the land rather than putting back. And then, you know, then for expansion, you look at, well, then I'd have to get another lease at another property. <laughs> and it right. just gets, I don't want it to become where you're pulling your hair out, trying to keep things going right now. It's enjoyable. And uh, we're able to take care of this hyper local community. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy doing that. Yeah. And, and, and now your son, um, you said, what's he's a sophomore, you said, in high school? Yep, yep, just yeah. turned 16. Yeah, and, and how's he transitioned into this this lifestyle? Well, he, he's, he's been at it for a while, since 2016, so he, yeah. was, he was younger when it, when it started. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how teenagers probably uh, can be. So he was really good um, early on, you know, 15, 16, uh, you know, most of his energy is spent uh, focusing on purchasing a truck and researching trucks and, right, you right. know, wanting, wanting to go work for people that pay him so he can save for a truck. Right. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> when he does work around here, it's just expected, you know, yes, for room yeah. and board. So dad doesn't pay a whole lot, but uh, no, he, he doesn't mind it. Um, he's a hard worker when he puts his mind to it and and he's uh, been working on his horsemanship skills and he practices some roping we've done some lessons together and just uh you know i think he'll come back around to it especially over the summer yeah yeah, yeah. very cool how, how is your roping coming anyway you know, I think I'm doing decent. It's it's not easy. You know, you watch it on on TV or watching in person at the rodeos, and, right. and you know, you think it's at least doable. But boy, oh boy, is it uh, it's it's a difficult thing. And so, looking forward to starting on horseback and and, yeah. and getting going on that because right now it's just been groundwork and uh, the dummies. But uh, boy, there's there's a lot to that. Yeah. So, but luckily, I got a good teacher. Uh, Pete really over at uh, King's uh, Revenue Ranch there in Loveland. He he was on the rodeo circuit for quite some time and and he puts some classes on. So it's, it's been great to learn and practice and you've got a dummy in the backyard and just kind of do that whenever you get the free time. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. uh, what, uh, cause I, I didn't start roping until later in life. I, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been roping quite a few years now, but, uh, you know, when you first start it, uh, I don't know, it, it became a, an obsession 
with me. You know, I mean, I, I would just right. stand there and rope the dummy till my arm would fall off. Right. But uh, it's I, I used to or I liken it to kind of like golf in a lot of ways. And then right. when you get horseback, you know, it adds, you know, obviously uh, a lot of different uh, dimensions to it, but right. uh, you know, it's, it's that timing, it's follow through, it's, you know, target, it's all those, all those deals. And uh, it's over here in, in Arizona, we're at in Wickenburg area there and it's the team roping capital of the world. And we've done a lot of stuff really? out there. And yeah. Oh yeah. There, I mean, and season's just wrapping up now, but I mean, there's, seven, eight ropings a day around this, this area, um, cool. every, every day. But, uh, you, you can, uh, you can see the obsession in, in people's eyes in the, right. in the, also the addiction, we call it, you know, it just right. uh, keeps drawing you to that, that, that arena. But the one thing about it, when you go horseback, uh, you know, having a good horse is, is mm-hmm. that's, man, that's 90% of the game. If you can get a good horse yeah. to take care of you, uh, you know, then you can, you, you got more margins for error. <laughs> Right, right. And, you know, and it, it kind of can't, you know, it's, it's a necessity. We turned our cattle out that first year up into the national forest. And I thought, well, what if one of these steers gets pink eye or something, you know, you right. got to doctor them up. Like, what am right. I, you know, I can't just pull the exactly. whole herd back down to the main ranch and run them through the squeeze chute. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things you just, you just need to learn. And, and if you're going to be doing it, you know, uh, practice at it and, and try to better your craft and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but we're getting there and, uh, hopefully get a horse here soon. I can start practicing on horseback and whatnot. Cause like you said, that's, that's half the battle right there is yeah. getting a horse that'll work with you. So, yeah, no doubt. Now is your wife, is she starting to rope or anything or she doesn't do the roping. Uh, hopefully this summer, you know, when she has some more time, we can mess around the backyard or she can take a couple of those classes with me. But, uh, you know, she grew up pretty, pretty afraid of horses. I think right. her mom, you know, probably made her pretty afraid to horseback ride. So we're, we're just now getting her comfortable with just the kind of dude ranch rides around the main ranch, you know, the little hour long, hour and a half long trips and, and she's gotten better. So, sure. um, I think with some free time and, and having a horse around, you know, once I get one, she'll be more apt to jump on it and, and learn. So she's not opposed to it, but she just has a long way to go to get to that point yeah and now what breed of cattle do you guys run uh, we do angus so red and black angus and then mm-hmm. I, I recently started uh you know like you were asking about growing the business uh we started transitioning some of our cows because we have a handful of cows in the in the herd just for fun kind of play with the genetics so my registered angus i bred with wagyu so we're going to try to do the american wagyu kind of see how that turns out and what the product looks like before i I decided to go that route, but it's a more premium price point. So right. if you can only have 30 head, you know, maybe switch to the American Wagyu. So it'd still be an Angus, but it'd be Angus cross with Wagyu. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot to learn there. I mean, just oh, yeah. In, in, yeah, in terms of uh, all the animal husbandry and everything that goes along with it. And, right. and then the, the, you know, cuts of beef and how, uh, you know, the breeds and cross breeds and whatever it's uh, it turns into a real, real kind of specific you know niche really right it does it does which is cool yeah and we we started with angus more or less you know the neighbor that i had had that i i was helping out from time to time that's what he had and you know when you look at all the market results black angus they've done great marketing they always you know if if you do have to take them to a sale barn which which we don't i'm just saying they they tend to hold their value a little bit better so uh you know looking into the breed they fit well in this climate there was no reason to really try anything else so uh we just went with the angus and it's it's worked out well it's good beef yeah now when you guys harvest do you uh um i mean obviously you got you know I'm not sure how you run 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 it in terms of replacement cattle. If you got, you know, heifers and in in any calves, you're doing any of that, or or how you're doing. But when you harvest, how many how many animals are you harvesting at at the end of the season? Right. 
Yeah, so that that changes as well. Um, as far as the harvesting, you know, we only we only calve once a year. We a lot of these places will uh, AI throughout the year so that right. they you know they calve three four times a year. I don't think that's fair on the animal. Um, there was a place that did grass fed beef locally here in, in northern Colorado, and and they're an older couple and they retired. So I had bought a lot of their stock, and so right now, um, you know, they're they're they were different age steers and the cows were bred at different times. So um, we have that luxury now of having a little bit more uh, availability, if you will. Right. But from here on out, I mean, we're going to breed them uh, to calve in the spring. And when they're 26, 27 months old, you know, they're going to get processed and that that's going to keep happening. So we buy stalkers okay. we buy them at about 500 pounds gotcha. and, 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 you know, usually right when they're weaned and then we just feed them out on the grass. So gotcha. that way they, they never touch grain. They come straight from the, the previous ranch. And you know, that's, that's easier, especially being a one man band. I'm not out there doing the vaxes and dealing right. with sick calves and scours and, you know, weaning and, 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 you know, heifers that didn't, you know, they were open. Now you got to get rid of them and right. just all that different stuff and AI and covering them with a the bull, so on and so forth. So, you know, uh, it's, it's not the best business models in terms of always having product ready, because if you came to me today and wanted to purchase beef, you know, I'd have to tell you that, you know, late October is probably the earliest we have it. And then probably not again for another year. So, right. you know, is what it is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to change, you know, my, my sort of ethos to, to accommodate my, uh, annual, annual income. <laughs> so right. Right. Gotcha. And so, it that way. yeah. So is, is most of your products sold then by, you know, when you're getting ready to harvest, Are, yeah. is there a waiting list kind of? Yeah, well, we've we've been blessed. Uh, you know, our customers, uh, like I said, most people buy and they stock that freezer for a year. So about the time they start getting low, they order again. And we haven't had to hold on to any animals. We're always uh, sold out ahead of time. So I always tell people don't wait till the last minute. But and, and then I, I didn't answer your last question. But um, as far as how many we process at a time, I think the most we've done is three because that's about what the local processor can do at once. Right. You know, as far as freezer space and processing, and so um, and we do it right there on the ranch, which I love. I think that's I think that's the best way to do it we usually pull them out of the main herd and put them on the the main ranch where the the round pins are we let them kind of settle for you know about a week and they just sit there eating hay and drinking water and hanging out and uh, they you know just one shot to the head and they're done and right. they get to die at home there's no scary trailer ride to a weird place that smells of right. death and blood you know so right. um they're just looking around enjoying the the beauty and and then they're done so yeah. quick quick painless death yeah beautiful yeah beautiful beautiful um what part of Colorado are you guys in again? So we're in northern Colorado. We live in Wellington, which is uh, just north of Fort Collins, where uh, Colorado State University is at. Okay. So, and to give you an idea of how far north, I mean, we're we're about 35 minutes south of Cheyenne. So we're pretty northern Colorado, right on that I-25 corridor. Okay. And, and then our ranch uh, that we lease is about 45 minutes from here. So it's south down in Loveland, right up okay. against the Front Range. Gotcha. And, and you grew, did you grow up in Colorado, did you say? Yeah, we... Uh, uh, yeah, born in Hawaii, but I've been here, you know, 40 of my 42 years. So almost, almost native, I guess. But uh, yeah, we grew up down in the Westminster, uh, North Glen area, just north of Denver. That's where I went to school. And that's where I spent most of my time. And then we've just migrated north trying to avoid the ever expanding Colorado population here. So, but we can't run anymore. You know, we're almost to Wyoming. Yeah. Now, and, and how about firearms? I mean, I, I, I see you got, you know, some, uh, you know, different lever actions and single action stuff are, are you are you big into the in, into firearms uh you know any type of specific shooting or anything like that or just or collector or 
I, I wish I could be into shooting right now. It's so, it's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, the, the lever action, you know, anytime I find ammo, they're, they're you know, almost $2 a round. So, you yeah. know, you hesitate to shoot unless you have to, but uh, no, most of those, um, you know, I like to, if I see something that, that grabs my attention, I'll get it. I like to buy used. I like more vintage stuff. Right. And so just if something comes along that I like, I'll get it. Uh, you know, that, uh, that lever action, I think is 13, 14 years old and it was never shot, you know, so oh, I got really? a good, got a good deal on that sucker. And, uh, you know, it's a Winchester 3030 and it's a nice gun. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm, my, my son probably knows more. Well, I'll say my son does know more about firearms than I do. You know, he's the one that can watch a YouTube video and then break the AR down and clean it and put right. it back together and get the bolt carrier in there. Right. And everything, you know, I'm, I'm like, go for it, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, I, I wish we could go shooting a lot more to be honest, but it's just, it's pretty expensive at this point, but yeah, I'm, I'm no marksman. You know, I, I can hit a target decent. Um, you know, and I, I, I practice, uh, come hunting season, you know, I do archery, but, uh, there was a couple seasons there where I wasn't getting anything archery. And I just was like, man, I'm going to try early rifle season. Cause I don't want to be up there in the snow. So right. I'd, I'd take the old 30 odd six out there and put some holes in paper, but, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm good out to about 300 yards with that, but that's, that's about it. So, you know, nothing special nice. just looks better on Instagram, you know? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> now, now your wife, does she, does she teach virtual online or is she teaching out of, out of school now? So this year and last, she did a hybrid, um, two, a couple of years back when it was right in the middle of COVID, she did remote hundred percent when everybody was going remote, but right. uh, no, she, she does the hybrid, which, uh, you know, she likes kind of the, the, the flexibility and the freedoms to work from home. So she'll go in, uh, two, three times a week, depending on the week. And then right. the other day she stays at home and does full virtual, you know, and she, and it's middle school, high school kind of mix, right. you know, and she, yeah. So she teaches, uh, you know, American history. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I'm sure we have someone that's teaching real American history there. Yeah, she she's uh, <laughs> yeah. she's pretty good at it. You know, she yeah. she she gets down to the brass tacks. That's for sure. Yeah, which is important. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, uh, you know, since since you moved into you know this uh, this new lifestyle and everything, uh, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I hear you ask that question all the time. Yeah. Uh, fortunately I, I do. Um, there's a gentleman, Travis Hamlin with Hamlin hats here. He was in uh, Fort Collins when I first came across him just over a year ago. And uh, he was, you know, making the hats there in the, in the shop out behind, I think his parents' house. And now he opened up his own place in uh, Alt Colorado, which is just, uh, you know, about 30 minutes Southeast of us. So yeah, he does a great job there and uh, was able to get my boy his first uh, full beaver skin hat there. So nice. Uh, and, yep. That's that's our one stop shop for anything cowboy hat. Hamblin Hamblin hats. Hamblin H A M B L E N. Oh B L E N. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll throw that in the show notes too. Um, how about boots? Got a favorite brand of boots? You know, boots. Uh, just like everything else we do, I, I try to stick with American made, and boots are very hard to find American made. But Double H, uh, they have uh, a line that's USA Union made, right? And I've bought those for. Heck, I still have my first pair, I think, from seven years ago, and they're still holding up. So, um, you know, they fit me well, and they're, they're great boots, and, and they, they last. So, yeah, I'm loving those double H's. You, you, you must have do you have – do you have kind of a wide foot? I think or mine's no? just a standard D. Standard? Oh, is it standard yeah, D? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I know – I mean, I, double H boots are really nice, and my brother wears those a lot. But uh, I know that they do uh, – they're really known, too, for making – super wide i mean up to like 4e width oh wow uh, yeah but uh i have a super narrow foot so i okay. i can never i can never wear them because it's they they have the standard like 
you know, standard medium width and then they, then they go up, but uh, okay. anyway, I know they're dirty tough too. So yeah, they last, like I said, yeah. I still have a pair that's seven years old and, and those are work boots and they're still yeah. kicking. Yeah. How about, how about Western movies? That's another one, man. I had to think on, but you know, I, I, it, nothing exciting. I'm gonna have to go with tombstone. I mean, there's just, oh, well. you know, it's just, I hear that one a lot on your show, but I was trying to, I was trying to get creative and think of one. I was like, nah, I just, I'd be lying. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. tombstone's a classic. I mean, that's one of those that comes on at the firehouse, you know, and you've seen it 79 times. You right. just, everybody sits down and watches it. You just like top gun, you know, yeah, something yeah, like that. So yeah. Yeah. And everybody's, show. everybody's quoting it all the way through too. Yeah. 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 That's, that's can't beat it. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing too, I mean, you've got like a great voice for, uh, I mean, the big screen, you know, and you got the great look. You're, you're, you're not interested in doing any acting or anything, huh, with all the stuff you've got going uh, in terms of, like, your, your 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 social media. I mean, I mean, you're basically, you know, you basically have a show going on there. I mean, I've right. seen, seen some of the things you and your wife have done. You're, you're singing things and, and all that, but uh, – uh, Man, you're full of compliments. Uh, you know, the, the acting, I, not that I, I don't know if I'd be a good actor, but I definitely wouldn't say no to it. I have fun doing all that kind of stuff. I really do. Right. I, I think it's just a blast no matter what. And, uh, you know, like Ben Christensen, he's doing his, uh, you know, uh, LeGrand movie coming up. Yes, you know, yeah. I, you yeah. know, hey, if you need an extra, let me know, Ben. But, uh, right. you know, just, just, it's just fun. It's just fun to be in. And and that's what I started doing with the photography is because like I said, I, I hated having my picture taken, but if you kind of, you know, switch your mind to you're, you're playing a role and you're acting a part, you know, right. then, it, then it makes it less awkward to pose for the photos and do that kind of stuff. And so, no, I'm open to anything and everything Western. I just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Van actually reached out to me a few weeks back. We're going to, we're going to do a, another podcast. I'd had him on, <clears throat> I can't remember when it, maybe a year and a half ago or so, but, uh, but for that sole purpose of just promoting his new film, yeah. he's got, but you know, he's yeah. got that great hashtag that he started living my own Western yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but I, I could definitely see you in some of those roles. I, I, and I could just, I could see you, uh, you'd be great in any of these other ads. I mean, cause like Chris Douglas and, and, uh, Chris Dickinson and all these guys I, I know that I've had on the podcast, so they shoot for all these big companies and, and, you know, anything from Felsen right. to, to, uh, you know, Wrangler to whoever, I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd be ideal for it. I, I've been trying to get Chris to do some pictures of me, but uh, obviously I'm not a good, good enough subject because we haven't yeah. done it yet. But anyway, <laughs> I tell you, his, his stuff is amazing. Um, you know, both of them, uh, yeah. you know, um, Chris Dickinson and Chris Douglas, they just they really good, really good imagery. And uh, yeah. they, they represent well. And, uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet the uh, Chris Dickinson there uh, out at the main ranch when he came through and, and got to have a cigar and a drink with him. He's good people. And yeah, they, they just super talented. I mean, I yeah. probably have a half a dozen of their photos stored on my phone just as, you know, yeah. uh, wallpapers and stuff. But yeah super talented, super yeah. talented guy. So yeah. And Chris Dickinson too, man. I mean, he, he's, he's a great guy. I, I, um, he came to Arizona. We did a photo shoot. It was just an impromptu deal, um, at, uh, Aaron King's place there, uh, um, right there in, in, in Wickenburg. And, and anyway, he just showed up, uh, and it, it was just, we had a great, great, great time. Um, he was there all day shooting. And then we had dinner that night, but, uh, I'd had him on the podcast before too, but, uh, when I was down with the COVID and, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Long story short, I, I've, I, I'm going to have Chris on again. Cause I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I just want to catch up with him, but I want to talk about this too with him. And I tried to do a post on a video afterwards, but uh, it didn't, it didn't upload all the video, but um, for some reason, I, I don't know if I was thinking straight or if I just, I don't know what I was doing, but anyway, I tried to upload it in a reel, but 
when I was in the hospital, I seen this picture that he'd done, Chris had done, and uh, it was on a ranch here, some guy that, that he knows, and, and I just thought, super cool picture, but I was kind of like out of it. I'm in the hospital. I'm on my phone. Well, I messaged him. I go, hey, is this available for purchase? And he's like, yeah, and, I, and um, uh, he goes, I'll DM you, and so I'm like, okay, man, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be expensive, whatever. Well, long story short, um, I, I get back home and, uh, you know, recoup in here and i get something in the mail that day he sent me that picture oh you know? perfect yeah you know and it was just like it, it just man it's just he's just a super super great guy and you know and chris chris douglas too i mean chris had called me as well but uh you know it's just i've met so many good people and so many nice people and so many great people you know through the podcast it, it really became evident when i was down because so many people reached out i mean really? i know I, I know i kind of went off on a tangent there but I no just, that's right i, I, I want to tell that story but what what i was really kind of getting at too was the cigars because i'm a big cigar aficionado yeah yes sir yeah and and i know uh chris dickinson is too so you yeah so what's your what's your favorite brand of cigars you know i've been i've been really trying to represent the the warfighter you know those guys it's a veteran-owned company uh, you can look them up on social media they have all kinds of different flavors and uh the the size that they have that really i enjoy is the Minuteman, and it's uh you know kind of one of those shorter you know clint eastwood cigars because right. a lot of times i don't have 40 minutes to sit down and smoke a you know big churchill or something so right. they're just a nice quick smoke i enjoy and uh bunch of great guys over there. So I try to support them, you know, just it, being an American made veteran owned company. It's in it's warfighter warfighter tobacco. Yes, sir. Where are they out of? Uh, they're out East. I can't remember. I should say right there on their tag. If you're pulling it up, but yeah, uh, I just, I just got it. Yeah. They're in, uh, yeah. actually they're in Texas. The Texas. Well, that makes sense. Cause everything good comes from Texas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, I, I, I had never heard about these guys. Yeah, they're great. Definitely order you a little sample pack, or yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do it. But yeah, that was fun getting to have a cigar and and uh, get to meet Chris and his wife Joe. So yeah, um, you know, yeah, if you come across anyone looking for someone, let me know. I'm always, I'm always up for, for doing some photos or some videos. It's just, it's just fun. It's, yeah, it's a good time. Why not? You know, absolutely. Well, yeah, keep and, me and posted. yeah, and on top of, I mean, you got, you got all the, all the. Uh, you got all the looks and all the, all the, all the, everything else to go with it too. So that, that helps. <laughs> Brother, you're just flattering me. <laughs> keep, keep it up. <laughs> so. Well, Hey Josh. Hey man, it, it's uh, kind of getting into the, near the end of our time, but man, it's really nice chatting with you. And, and I think it's super cool what, what you've done, you know, with the, with your operation and, and uh, you know, I just look forward to, following you more on social media and and uh i i guess if i ordered some beef i'd have to drive up there to pick it up and haul it back uh i'm sure i could meet you meet you down south somewhere w wouldn't be too bad of a drive but no uh, no it wouldn't be too far yeah but uh but i really enjoy the opportunity and it's been good talking with you and uh you know i just want to leave on the note that you know the, the message that i really like to to keep putting out there is that it really, I believe anybody can do this. You know, there's so many people that'll message you on social media and say, ah, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And, you know, who knows what they're doing for their work or their career that, you know, uh, but if you, if you want to switch, you can. And, and I, I've had people reach out and I'll talk to them on the phone for an hour or two, you know, right. we'll, we'll shoot the breeze and kind of, uh, you know, help them put a, a tentative plan together. Cause you know, what, what are you wanting to do? What do you do right. now? What are your, you know? And so I think anybody can do it. Anybody can find a couple of acres and put a few head of livestock on it, whether it's a few sheep or a few cows, whatever you want to do, start small, 
there's land out there, lease it. You can keep your day job and right. just see what happens. Let the good Lord lead the way, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, and like we were talking earlier, I think it's, I think it's really the way of the future in, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, because, uh, um, you know, more and more consumers are, they're looking for different ways to get their food, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, I hope it, so. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's really funny uh, because my wife and I talk about it all the time because you know we cook at home a lot. We don't we don't eat out much, and when we do, it's it's exclusive where we're going to go. That we you know what I mean. It's just I don't know. Now it's become kind of, kind of a neuroses, but but that being said, uh, you know, so much of the food out there, and I mean, and I hate to say it because there's so many people you know they're in business running these restaurants and these fast food things or whatever, but it's not even food. Right. It really yeah. isn't. You know, right. And it's a rabbit hole. And, that, and like, yes. again, that that's what started us ranching, because even if you get cage free or even if you yes. get grass, yes. fed, you know, you, you think you're doing the right thing. And then, you, right. you, you know, uh, an all natural toothpaste. And then you look right. at something in there like uh, what is it, carrigan and like the right. stuff they put in like creamers and whatnot. You're like, it's a carcinogen. You know, right. what, what are we? Right. so you, you lose your mind trying to eat healthy. But, uh, you know, I think the more primal you get, the better. You know, yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah, so. I agree. hundred percent. Well, hey, Josh, thanks again, man. Appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. Definitely, Dan. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. You bet. Have a good day. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play or speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them 
down at the open pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend down at the open pen Down